0: Hello, everybody. Welcome into this, the fifth week of In Session, I believe. Um, and I am here this week with Kelsey Luce, who's in Annapolis. How are you doing, Kelsey?
1: Hanging in there.
0: How are you? I'm I'm okay. I have a new water bottle, so I'm excited about that.
1: Where'd you get that water
0: bottle from? Chris Sands gave it to me. He told me drinking out of plastic water is, plastic water bottles is a bad idea. Is that really a bad idea? Uh,
1: I... I heard rumors it gives you cancer, but I haven't verified anything. I still drink
0: out of plastic, so Yeah, see, I I don't know. It's pretty metal y, so I'm not sure if I like it yet. But it's saving my life. Uh this was a an eventful week for you, from what I understand.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and when, uh there were two hot topics this week. One was uh no parental rights for rapists, more than ten years after supporters began pushing for it. Uh, the, mayor, the state's ha- legislature has decided uh, to enable impregnated rape victims to ask judges to end the parental rights of their rapists. So this was a big deal this week, right, Kelsey?
1: Right, yeah. The um, the General Assembly has been moving very quickly on it. It was one of the first bills introduced. And, yeah, it's been a long time coming. And I think people – I think the legislatures had wanted to see it passed, but there was some discussion over the details. Like, for example – Frederick County Senators, Mike, uh, Michael Huff and Ron Young, they both wanted to see there be a provision in there, an amendment in there that would allow um, uh, mothers that became pregnant through rape to seek child support from their rapist. Mm-hmm. So that amendment did not end up included, but um, just this morning, the House suspended its rules to be able to vote twice on the bill, on the Senate bill, so they can send mm-hmm. that over to Governor Hogan right away. And he's, he said that he would sign it. So we all expect that that will be happening shortly.
0: Uh, do you think within the next week?
1: Oh, I'd probably. I can't oh, guarantee it, okay. but I, w- I would think so.
0: That's good. Were, were there any? I, I noticed that the story that we had um, in the paper about this was um, a wire story. So were you able to, were you around for any of it at all while this was going down?
1: Yeah, I was. If if I can pull back the curtain a little bit, the reason that we went with The Wire story is because he had pretty much <laughs> written most of the same things that I was going to write or had written. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, w- I was there and had pretty much the same impressions.
0: Hmm. I'm, everybody seemed happy about this?
1: Uh, yeah, I got a lot of support. And actually, there was a standing ovation um, when the Senate Oh, I'm sorry. When the House approved the Senate bill this morning, there, there was
0: clapping. Oh, really? That was that was that's good. That's this morning. So the other hot topic uh, this week was sick leave, which is something that we've actually talked about quite a bit on this podcast in the past. Um, and it looks like Maryland will mandate five days of paid sick leave starting Sunday. Uh-huh. Now this publishes Friday, correct? So. So actually, this Sunday, then by by the time people hear this, what happened with this this week, Kelsey?
1: Yeah. So um, this was another one that the the leadership was kind of fast tracking. So what happened was um, yesterday, I believe it was, if I'm not confused, the Senate uh, put in a bill that would have delayed the start of this, would have delayed the start of the the sick leave approvals until the summer. But oh uh, wow! Yeah, but. Today, Friday, the House would have had to take that up for that to become law, and they just didn't. So the House session ended without them taking any action on it. So it's hard to see, unless there's some weird provision that I don't know about, there's really no way that the delay will, will happen at this point. Yeah.
0: I see that uh, Senator Michael Huff and Senator Ron Young both voted against the delay. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to them?
1: Oh, oh no. Um, Senator Huff actually voted for the delay. You wanted to oh for the the, that's what I meant yes I'm sorry about that so they were split on that um so Huff was for the yeah for the delay so that businesses could have a little more time to prepare for this and then Mm -hmm. uh, Senator Ron Young was against the delay Um, a lot of a lot of the legislators that voted against it basically said you know workers have been waiting long enough let's just do this so that's kind of the side Mm -hmm. that he was on
0: hmm did so Michael Huff. Was for the delay. Did, did you uh, really get to uh, pick his brain about it at all?
1: Uh, not specifically, to be honest with you. No. no, I didn't touch base with him on that specifically.
0: Hmm. OK, well, so this starts Sunday. Uh, it's a big, big deal for a lot of people. And this has been something that we've been talking, like I said, talking about for a while. Did you get any sense of relief from anybody there that this had, you know, a resolution on this had occurred?
1: Well, it's it's kind of like I said it's it's kind of a split thing. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of the Republican legislators and a lot of the ones that are, you know, pro small business, they wanted to see the businesses have more time to adjust. And then on the other hand, you have um a lot of the Democrats or a lot of the other people who take more of the workers mindset. You know, they're taking the position that well, Maryland workers have been waiting so long to get this and um yeah. But to me, it'll be interesting to see how this all rolls out. I had someone actually text me this morning saying that their work had given them a new sick leave policy. So what they did was just get rid of sick versus any other kind of time and just make it all pay time off. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how businesses kind of deal with this.
0: Yeah, I've heard of that. That what, there's no designated sick time, and and you just you're kind of like given 15 days at the beginning of the year, and you use it however you want. Yeah, I never really agreed with that. I think that's weird. Yeah, that's I mean, just it's me.
1: possible we'll see more of that. I I can't read the future. But.
0: I vote for 60 sick days for everybody. I think we can all all agree on that. Um, a big story this week as well. Uh, the Senate voted to maintain state tax personal exemption, and I'm. That that right there is a mouthful of a headline <laughs> to me. Can you yeah. can you explain this uh, in sort of layman's terms? Because I'm interested in knowing.
1: I will do my best. I have had to become a as much of a tax expert as I can. I'm not saying that I am a tax expert really fast. Will it's you do my I, taxes? Oh, how much will you pay me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can have ten percent.
1: All right, sounds like a deal. No, so um, yeah. So basically, this is all a. Uh, the, the theme here is Maryland trying to react to the, the federal tax overhaul that that, is, uh, that that just happened. So part of the federal changes would have um, reduced the personal exemption to zero through 20, 2025. And so the Maryland mm-hmm. Department of Legislative Services estimates that without that, 92% of Maryland filers, so a whole lot of us, would owe an average mm-hmm. of $382 more on their state and local taxes Oh, no. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. So basically what the Senate has done, and this has moved over to the House Ways and Means Committee, what they've done is just maintain that personal exemption and make sure that it sees part of Maryland law.
0: Hmm. So that I saw it passed unanimously. It passed unanimously. Okay. So this is this is like going to this is going to happen, right? Oh.
1: you can never predict the future, but it, uh, judging by how the Senate was, I, I imagine the House would also be on board, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll
0: see. Okay. So we only make $200 a year here, so how are we going to pay that?
1: You make $200 a year? How are you making that Yeah. Much?
0: I don't know. I mean, you need to negotiate my contract, Kelsey. Need to <laughs> renegotiate my contract. So uh, tuition aid for community college, that was a subject. That uh, was brought forth this week as well. Also, your story online was highly commented. I see a it lot of was, people ha- weighed yeah. in on this. Uh, so, what happened in terms of uh, free community college, perhaps?
1: Well, yeah, the idea the the um, a a Senate committee heard a couple of different ideas to basically provide free community college tuition to needy families. So the first one would expand uh, a program that some counties already have. I don't think Frederick has it. I hope I'm not wrong about that, but the uh, the Community College Promise program. So basically one proposal would expand that program statewide. And uh, mm-hmm. what that does is if you've earned a high school diploma or GED within the last year, and if you're willing to stay in Maryland for two years after your um you you get these funds you get this grant then you can uh basically get the funding you would need for community college or vocational school ron young's version of version of a similar or his bill to achieve a similar goal but did you have anything on the, the other one
0: well, yeah, I read in your story that um, you'd have to commit in living to living in Maryland, as you just referenced, for the for uh, two years, typically two years, for the length of time that they receive the grant. What happens if you don't? And how do they? Was that discussed at all? Do you are you like honestly bound to Maryland? And and if you leave, you just you lose the money, or do you have to pay it back?
1: You have to pay it back. Is my understanding? Uh, is my. Um, I I hope I'm not wrong about that. But yeah, my understanding is that you have to pay back that grant money.
0: Do you know if you could live outside of Maryland, but go to community college in Maryland?
1: That I'm not sure about. That's a good question. Those details are things well, that all will definitely our producer,
0: work out. Our, our producer is looking at me with disgust right now, saying that was a dumb question. So <laughs> I'll, I'll move off. Ron Young uh, had a lot to say about this, though, because he had a similar bill as you were explaining.
1: Yeah, so he has a similar similar idea. Um, his would require people to maintain a 2.0 grade point average or, or hire uh, complete 8 hours of community service and um you would not be able to earn more than the Maryland median household income level which, which it's well, 76000 yeah just 76000 my goodness and uh so, so much. The other key differences are how they would pay for those in the first one which comes from uh from a uh, Senator Paul Pinsky, that one would uh, be funded by a tax on, um, uh, like, like your, uh, dividends from financial markets. And then Ron Young's, that one would be funded by, um, Oh, I don't see it. But that oh. one, Oh, that one would be funded on, um, by combined reporting so that would basically mean that like corporations that have lots of different stores would have to start paying maryland taxes in maryland so that's his big idea to fund that
0: you had um a little nugget at the end of the story it says young said he received a letter from the department of budget management that estimated the program would cost the state 10 million dollars annually over the next five years were there was there a lot of discussion about that were people angry about that price tag
1: no, in fact, he was, um, he touted that price tag because, uh, to his opinion, that's very inexpensive for what you would be getting out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So that, were there any opponents then? Like uh, Senator Michael Huff, did he have anything to say about this?
1: No, no, no one, um, no one spoke at the hearing. Uh, I'll follow through on this to, to find out if there's any, any opposition that comes out in the woodwork, but um, as of now, I haven't heard anything.
0: Okay, so you get free school and you get free schools. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: that's a lot of fun. Ben's Rule was up for for discussion this week. Um, and you, I think you had a lot about this. Um, and I'm wondering if you could explain it to us. David Vogt uh, presented it before the House Ways and Means Committee on Thursday. And what happened? Yeah,
1: so this was pretty short and sweet. In terms of the presentation, because it's a bill that's been uh, in the works for several years now, I think three or four. So it's different this time. Is it specifies that the uh, the child would have to be nonverbal and not able to communicate. So it's like a it's a really subtle difference from last year. But he's hoping that that'll be enough to to get the support he needs to get it through to become law.
0: And. Okay. so and, and you have audio, from what I understand, um, from, from this. Uh, can you set it up at all?
1: Yeah. So this is basically, I, I asked Delegate Folden what was different this year. So I kind of gave you a brief overview, but uh, we can listen mm. in his own words to how he explained it. Through the various iterations of Ben's rule, there's always been a concern if it's too widely expansive, it could increase the percentage of students that aren't taking the tests. And 95% is the threshold by which the federal government sticks their
0: funding. 95%
1: need to take tests? Yes. Gotcha.
0: And so the concern was always that we need to narrow it as much as possible. One, to help the most
1: needed students, but also to reduce the likelihood that that the federal funding could be jeopardized. So now we've narrowed it all the way down to inaudible students specifically. So there are severely disabled students that can speak for themselves been in that class of students can't and so we've narrowed it to that so it's a very small percentage of students so yeah so that's him uh, basically walking us through what what's different this year and and how he hopes that uh how he hopes it will get through
0: hmm okay 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 uh so we'll keep an eye on that we will that's good because if we weren't keeping an eye on it we wouldn't be doing our job right (laughs) right um now it's time for the best the best part of the week the best part the best thing in the newspaper every single week and uh we hope we get its own theme song sooner rather than later (laughs) we have its own theme song from what i understand boom (laughs) political notes uh political notes kelsey and uh, senator Ben Cardin announced on Thursday he will introduce a bill to prohibit President Donald Trump from, ho- from holding a military parade. What's this about?
1: Yeah, so this is um, basically a proposal from the senator, just like you say, to uh, stop military parades, quote unquote, in the style of Russia North Korea and China. Um, mm-hmm. you, people listening to this probably have heard about um, President Donald Trump's recent announcement that he would like to see such a parade. So, Senator Cardin is just trying to stop
0: that. Um, okay, so another thing in this week's Political Notes column uh, talks about the Me Too movement and the flurry of sexual assault allegations involving men in Hollywood and politics. Um, from what I understand, there, was, uh, there were recommendations to reduce harassment in the General Assembly that was brought forth this week, and can you tell us a little bit about what those entail?
1: Yeah, so the Women's Caucus created a, uh, a task force the sexual harassment work group, to suggest ways to help the problem. And uh, that that uh, group was co-chaired by our local delegate, Carol Krem. And some of the mm-hmm. things they came up with were uh, training. Training was a big piece of it. They'd like to see members of the General Assembly get uh, training, anti-harassment training, including bystander intervention, within 15 business days of being sworn in. They'd also like mm-hmm. to see that training apply to, to lobbyists, as part of their ethics, um, as part of their ethics training. And then reporting was the other big piece. They wanted a standardized way to accept anonymous and formal reports. Uh, and that would include letting complainants know that their, um, report could lead to an investigation and also letting the person who's being accused know the results of any investigation that takes place.
0: So are they going to implement these as they're like, where is this in that, uh, in that sort of realm of uh, yeah, actually so going go, into effect?
1: This will go to, um, the various leadership groups. Uh, so they'll take it, they'll take it, uh, under consideration and, and, uh, we'll, we'll see which ones they adopt and where it goes from there.
0: Also this week, um, Tony Schmelik. Schmelik. Schmelik, I think. Schmellick. Okay, I th- uh, close enough. Uh, he's going to represent the Council uh, on the Maryland Association of Counties or Countries. Counts. Counties. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. um, after receiving a majority of the Council's blessing on Tuesday. Uh, what's up with this?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, big shout outs to Nancy Lavin. She uh, did quite a bit of the reporting on this piece. So the backstory here is that on January 16th, um, there was going to be a vote on who would represent the council, but then it was, the vote was canceled because of inclement weather and then council president, but Otis just sent a letter to MAKO letting them know that it would be Tony Schmellick, councilman Tony Schmelik, representing them. So that caused a little bit of a stir over the process. And, uh, so one of the things that was kind of funny is that the, the current or the, um, former representative, Councilwoman M.C. Keegan Ayer, she said she had no problem with Schmellick going and representing the county at Mako, but she did have an issue with the process. So as a gesture of goodwill, she said she would bring uh, Tony Schmellick her purse toast because because apparently she had carried that as a snack on her way to Annapolis.
0: (laughs) Hmm. And then finally, from political notes, uh, Governor Larry Hogan, wish somebody a happy birthday from what I understand. And what's that about?
1: Yeah. So this is something that Danielle picked up. Unfortunately, she can be with us today, so I'll do my best. So, uh, from, from what I understand, governor Larry Hogan wished, uh, Bruce Bariano, a lobbyist, a happy birthday. And he joked with them. Bruce Barriano says he's turning 39 again, but you know how lobbyists sometimes stretch the truth. So that was kind of a funny, (laughs) funny little take. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm still I'm 22. I'm really not 22. I'm not even close to 22. I but I have the hairline of an 85-year-old. 27. For life. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So, uh next week <clears throat> there's some things that I know you're looking forward to. Um one thing that I want to get into before others though is this little um this little piece of information you had passed along. Ah, uh, Senator Young has a bill that would keep the state from planning chips and its employees. I didn't even know this was a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is pretty wild. I'm a bit of a sci-fi fan, so when I saw that, I was like, "What?" It just really yeah. kind of resonated with me. So, um,
0: really this, though, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Th- so this bill would do just what you say. It would, um, you know, bar any state agency from saying, hey, do you want to get a chip implant? And it sounds crazy, but uh, there's a USA Today story that came out not too South. while ago. Yeah, it was uh, about a Wisconsin tech company that offered its employees microchip implants. Now, they could refuse them or they could accept them, but it's still, I I don't know, to, to me that's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> well,
0: so what do they do? Chip-
1: yeah, so these chips would be used to let people enter the building and to buy food at work. Um, so oh, who knows, who knows what else they
0: would be used for. <laughs> never. I will never do this. And you know, <laughs> that's where this world is going. That's where this, yeah. w- everybody's going to walk around with implants, chips in their minds. Wow. That freaks me out. Uh, Fulton dropped the passing bill. The primary, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. A favorite, black right? I know. So, so tell me about the passing bill. The most important thing.
1: Yeah, well, it's 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 the same as it has been. He's trying it again. So good, what it would do good. is if, if a roadway is three lanes and has a speed limit of 55 miles per hour or more, then the left lane would be dedicated for passing. So no more of these people sitting there driving 10 miles below the speed limit in the left lane just because they can.
0: That's right. And that's going to be brought up next week?
1: Uh, well, I... I'm not sure when it's going up, but but I mention it because I will soon be writing a roundup of all the bills that have that have been dropped. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure when it'll come up in committee, but you can learn more about it in a story that I believe will be appearing on um, Saturday or Sunday.
0: Ooh, good tease. That's a good tease. Yeah, Pick up the Did Frederick everybody News Post. subscribe
1: to the Frederick News Post right now.
0: Yeah, then and everybody makes sure this bill passes. This is the most <laughs> important thing that could ever happen in the history of Maryland. <laughs> Kathy Zali has a bill that would ban people from spoofing calls. What are spoofing calls?
1: Yeah, so this is one that recently appeared in our paper. So what this would do is, uh, have you ever gotten those calls where it says it's from a local number? It'll be like 410 or 310, and you pick it up, and it's like, oh, you want to cruise to Alaska, in some call? Yeah. Yeah, well, this
0: yeah I, I have. This, this will stop, stop that.
1: that. Yeah. it 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 stops faking where the call originates from the flip side Uh, of this though is in other jurisdictions they've had uh some concerns about this law because it can also be used for good reasons or 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 legitimate i guess i should say Mm quote-unquote legitimate reasons to um kind of obscure where a call is coming from in the course of a police investigation or obscure where a call is coming from like in a case of domestic violence So those would be the concerns that will have to be addressed if this bill is going to go forward. Hmm.
0: I love getting calls telling me I won something, though, even if it's not real. (laughs) It gives me hope. Uh, Delegate Carol Krim has a bill also to set aside space and time for nursing mothers to pump.
1: Yeah, this one came out recently. This one is a I'm not expecting it to be too controversial because it essentially makes state law what is already federal law. So in in state buildings, if this law were to pass, uh, there would have to be a dedicated space, it's not the bathroom, where a Mm. mother could pump breast milk. And it Mm. would have to be, it would have to have privacy. So there'd be like a door or walled off in some way. And it also would allot break time for Mm. nursing mothers to pump. And that Mm. would apply in the first year after that mother gives birth, so. And one of the interesting things about it is it doesn't really specify the time, uh, the amount of time allotted for breaks. It's an as necessary thing, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is is um, it's kind of interesting because you know when, if you're a nursing mother, you don't really know how how often you'll have to do that, so it's flexible. Yeah.
0: Uh, finally, uh, pay history was brought up is going to be brought up again or was brought up again, from what I understand, by Karen Lewis Young, and we've talked about that before. Um, how does this mm-hmm. look?
1: Yeah. So this is another, uh, trying again to, uh, to bar employers from asking for pay history information. Uh, Karen Lewis Young stance is that, you know, it, it could lead to discrimination and the, exacerbate the wage pay gap between men and women. If you have them report what they've been earning in the past. Um, mm-hmm. so, this, this was introduced recently. I don't quite have a sense of where it's going this session, but I will update you as we follow that bill.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And Kelsey, um, we're, we always, I, I have to ask you, because every week we, we always ask, did you have anything good to eat this week in Annapolis? Please tell me you didn't bring your food every day.
1: <laughs> I, I did, actually, but I did make time ah. to, to drink something very special. I had a... A uh, spicy Mexican hot chocolate that was really delicious.
0: What is a spicy Mexican hot chocolate?
1: Well, you take hot chocolate and you make it spicy, and it's really good. You put some uh, chili (laughs) powder on (laughs) it. You hit it with some chili powder, probably some vanilla. I think I tasted some vanilla.
0: Okay. I thought you were going to say there was whiskey in it or something. No, no, no. I drank this
1: during work hours, so it was uh, very, very wholesome.
0: What a great description. You take hot chocolate <laughs> and you make it spicy. I should have known better. I should have known better. Um, okay, well, Kelsey, good luck next week. It's Valentine's Day, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of shenanigans going on
1: oh, yeah. next
0: week. And you'll have to keep an eye out for that. For now, though, make sure you travel safely. Is there anything you'd like to say? How can people follow you on Twitter?
1: Uh, it's Kelsey Luce, at Kelsey K-E-L-S-I-L-O-O-S.
0: And when is your band's album coming out? Santa Labrata?
1: Yeah, so I do have a band called Santa Labrata and our album's coming out March eighth. Good. Exciting. We're gonna
0: keep promoing that every week. The the official sponsor of In Session, Santa La Brada. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, okay, thank you so much, Kelsey, and we'll talk next week.
1: Yeah, talk next week. Thanks. <laughs>